All right, I want to direct your attention to verse 8 of Ecclesiastes 7. It says, Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof, and the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger resteth in the bosom of fools. Say not thou, what is the cause that the former days were better than these? For thou dost not inquire wisely concerning this. And notice in that first verse how it's talking about better is the end of the thing than the beginning. And then it specifically says, and the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. The title of my message today is Patience Over Pride or the key to success in 2021. If you want to have a successful year, if you want to accomplish anything, if you want to fulfill your New Year's resolution, the key is going to be patience over pride. And so that statement, better is the end of a thing, it is such a true statement, and it's so important to understand because we're all really good at starting things that are good. But the truth is, no matter how noble the cause, you know, it's really pointless to begin something if you don't finish it. I mean, you know how many people I've, I've known over the years that they were going to just go and they were just going to start this great church? I mean, and they talked big. They had big plans, and their plans were great, fantastic. I mean, they were going to win their city to Christ, and all these wonderful things were going to happen. And they started, and they had a great start. But you know what? They didn't finish. They never did what they set out to do. They quit. My wife and I were just talking about that the other day. How many church planners that we know that have started the church since we started this one and they've quit. They just, they just stopped. And some of them had good starts and they just quit. And, you know, some of them it was a tough and it was a struggle, but either way, they just, they just quit. And, you know, and it's, and it's frustrating because, you know, in our culture, we are, we're really good at starting things. You know, we're really good at making these big announcements. I know, you know, I've known a lot of these missionaries, man. They go to, they go to Bible college, these church families, they go to Bible college and they learn how to make great, deputation videos and they will put on these first class productions of we're going to this uh city and we're going to preach the old time religion and we're going to build a church and god's going to do this and god's going to do that and you look at this production you're like man you know they're going to have this just you know fantastic work and then they go over there and they fizzle out they flop out something bad happens i mean i'm i'm amazed at guys that i know that have uh, you know, not long after starting churches, just, I mean, go become full blown skinny jean wearing trendies in just a short time. And you see what, how they started out and it's just like, and then where, where they end up. And it's like, man, it is better is the end of the thing. I like the people that finish good. I like the people that finish well. And I want to be somebody like that. I don't want to be somebody that just had a great church. You know, I want to be somebody that finished well, you know, that, man, he was doing good. You know, he did run well. I don't want that to be what's said about me. I want to make sure I stick to the end of this thing. And so um, it's it's pointless if you don't finish whenever you start something. And, you know, a lot of people, too, you know, you, and you probably see these people, you know, they'll get on social media and they'll brag about all their New Year's resolutions that they're going to do, you know, and they may want to make you feel bad. You know, I'm not going to drink any soda during the month or the year of 2021. Shut up. You know, nobody cares. You know, and they, and they say all these things they're going to do. You know, I'm not going to be a lazy couch potato putting on weight, eating junk food. And they start saying, I'm not basically I'm not going to be you. You know, I'm not going to do all these things that you do and everybody else is doing. You know, by this time, you know, 2022 20, or when 2022 starts, you know, I'm going to be fit. I'm going to be in shape. I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to have all these things going for me. And, you know, and then 
but then they don't do any of it. They, they just don't do any, you know, and so, but at the same time, boy, it was a very showy start, wasn't it? It was a real fantastic start. They sounded big. You know, the things that they were wanting to do, these are good things. You know, these are, these are our noble goals, but who cares if you don't finish any of it? Who cares if you don't end on this thing? But the second part of that verse, after he says better is the end of the thing, but the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. And this is a great statement because pride is often the motivator for many of our New Year's resolutions. Many people, when it comes to anything good that they're doing, pride is the motivator. That's all there is to it. You know, a lot of people, they want to look better. You know, they're going to lose weight because they want to look better and they just want to impress people. Well, you know, pride, it can motivate you to get some things done. But pride, I'm going to tell you right now, is not better than patience. And pride rarely gets anybody across the finish line because that's what we're interested in. We're interested in getting across the finish line. And the key to that, the key to actually accomplishing what we start is patience. Patience is what will make you successful. Patience is what will get you to the very end. Pride will only get you so far. And, and, and while it can be a great motivator to a certain extent, I've motivated people before. You know, when I taught at the Christian school, sometimes I'm doing PE to try to motivate some of the boys to run a little faster. I would tell them, hey, you know, this other kid's running faster than you. Or, hey, your little brother's beating you. You know, why do you say these things? You're, you know, you're wanting pride to set in <laughs> and motivate them to just try a little bit harder. So you shouldn't use tactics like that. It was a Christian school. It wasn't a public school. We were able to do what we wanted. So, you know, we, you know, that, those are the kind of methods we would use. You know, the girls can run faster than you. You know, you, we, you know, anybody ever have those tactics used on them when they were younger? I mean, that was what was used on me. It motivated, it motivated me, but I said it's, it's still not the best. It's still, it's still not the best motivator, but that's what we're trying to do. Uh, you know, you, you probably do that with your kids sometimes. Look at your brother's room. Look how clean it is. You know, you're going to let your brother outdo you. And, you know, and sometimes that works. That'll get them to clean their room because they want to outdo the brother. Some people are so competitive that they will stick to a resolution, you know, simply because of pride. You know, and it's not wrong to have some friendly competition, you know, amongst friends when it comes to these things just to help you stay motivated. But many people, though, that's all they're motivated by today. Their motivator is pride rather than patience. And while pride can accomplish certain carnal things, you know, the problem is pride is still a sin and it's not the way we should be as Christians. And we definitely don't want it being our motivator. That's not what we want. And the truth is patience is better. Patience is much better. Patience is something that we are told to be. We're, we're told to be patient. We're commanded to be patient over and over again in the scripture. And it actually works better. It, it actually works better. More people will make it across the finish line with patience than those with pride. I ran a 10K a couple of years ago here in town. And, you know, when we were running, one of my goals is I didn't want any of the women to beat me. And I have to admit, there was one woman to beat me. And she was like in her 50s too. She cleaned my clock. I kept up with her for a while. And, but then she just, she left me in the dust. But on the 10K thing, she was the only woman that beat me in there. And, and, and I used, you know, during that race, pride is kind of a motivator to help me keep up. But eventually my humility kicked in and I just let her win, you know, but no, I, you know, so you, you all know how that works though, right? It, you all, and at the end of the day, 
though patience is better. So we're going to look at a few reasons why patience is better than pride. And so first off, this one's obvious, but patience is better because pride is a sin while patience is a command. Well, look what it says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. I know a lot of these, you know, sometimes these things we say, they're real simple. It's like, duh, everybody knows this. But I think it's important that we look at the why and we understand it. And it kind of puts things in perspective and hopefully will help us be successful. But it says in 1 Timothy 6.10, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Most people today are motivated by what's mentioned in verse 10. They're motivated by things like money. They're motivated by things like the pride of life. That's what's motivating with them. But we have been commanded as Christians to flee those things. We're supposed to run away from that. And the things that we're supposed to follow after are righteousness. And one of those things mentioned are patience. This is what we're supposed to be following after. We're supposed to be trying to achieve this. You know what I bet nobody has in their New Year's resolutions is the goal of being more patient. You know, I want to increase in patience this year. And there's a reason, I think, why we don't ask for that. One, there's nothing flashy about patience, okay? There's, there, you know, nobody is going to look at a picture of you in 2022 and just say, man, look at that patience. You know, congratulations on your patience, you know? They'll congratulate, congratulate on weight loss or something like that or, you, you know, make more money or buy a bigger house or something like that. But nobody really, you know, will commend you and congratulate you on patience because patience isn't always something that's just seeing that's obvious to everyone. It's not something that you can really brag about. It's not something you can really glory in. But at the same time, it's something that we need very much. And so while these things are real obvious, we need to understand God does not declare these things for no reason. God didn't just command us to be patient because he just wanted us to be patient. No, there's a benefit to it. You know, there, is, there are disadvantages to not being patient. There are dangers to being lifted up with pride, and God wants the best for us, so he's commanded us to not be full of pride. He's commanded us to be patient. We see in Psalms 84, verse 10, it says, For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. Just understand, if we, whenever you follow the commands of God, you are not going to miss out on anything bad. God is not withholding any good thing from the believers. When you look at those commands of God, sometimes your flesh sees those and like, you know, I don't really care for that command. And the devil will tell you that, you know, the Lord's holding you back. The Lord's, you know, holding out some good thing for you. And we often get deceived by the lust of the flesh and by the pride of life, all those things that the world has to offer, they often deceive us and we think there's something to it. But the thing is, if God has commanded us to stay away from it, God's not holding back any good thing from us. We're, as, as Christians, if we walk in the Spirit, if we live for the Lord, we will not miss out on anything that is good. Uh, I really, you know, and, and we do, we think we, you know, we think we miss out. Especially if you grew up in a fundamental Baptist home, I mean, many people my age today that grew up the way I did are just constantly lamenting the fact that they just couldn't do certain things, you know, and that we call them recovering fundamentalists today. They just are acting like they just suffered 
because they weren't allowed to be half naked at the beach growing up. You know, their parents made them wear clothes. Their parents made them dress like girls when they were girls. They made their boys dress like boys and, you know, promoted manhood. And their dad spanked them for being effeminate. And, you know, they did. I mean, all these things, it, it, folks, I don't see where the problem, you know, and I hear this stuff and I'm like, I don't see the problem in this. That's how I was raised. You know, it made me pretty happy. You know, I saw the people that got to do all the junk that I wasn't allowed to do, and they're not as happy as I am. They don't have the kind of family I have. They don't have the life that I have. In fact, they've had multiple lives, some of them. You know, I, I mean, I wasn't allowed to do a lot of the things that they were allowed to do, but yet they don't have what I have. And, you know, what's the difference? I mean, thankfully, I was raised according to the Scriptures and turned out to be very blessed. And the truth is, there were times I thought I was missing out on things, but, you know, you give it some time and you see where the end of these things lead and you realize, you know what, I actually didn't miss out on anything. You know, there was probably some people that wanted to go on that Titanic trip, I wish they could have gone on that Titanic trip, that were probably really sad when they didn't make it. But I'll bet after they found out what happened to the Titanic, they were glad they didn't go on that trip. But, you know, the truth is, we don't always know where things are going to end up but if God has told us to stay away from these things, it's because he does know. So let's just trust him. Let's just trust God and you'll, you'll be fine. You'll be better off. That's why it says at the end, blessed is the man that trusted in me. We've got to just trust God on this. God is not holding us back from anything. But many people think that he is. And so they end up giving up and they end up getting themselves in trouble. And so you've got to understand when it comes to, you know, New Year's resolutions, okay, uh, let's you know. Let's just talk about what, what's the most common New Year's resolution everybody has. Lose weight, right? Okay, we live in America. That's everybody's main thing, right? They they want to lose weight. Now, here, here's the thing about that. Why do we struggle with that one so much? Okay, why is that? It's because McDonald's is so good, right? It's because soda is so good. You know, it's because being lazy. And just watching television instead of exercising is so good, right? Well, actually, you know, while it does bring us some pleasure, folks, I mean, I'm not going to lie. All those things bring me pleasure. But at the same time, isn't there, you know, is clogged arteries a good thing? You know, is diabetes a good thing? Is, you know, all the things that come from long-term uses that are any of those things good no those are terrible things aren't they so in reality and i'm not up here preaching against mcdonald's all right i'm not going to be a stinking hypocrite and preach against soda and things like that because i have no intention of giving these things up but at the same at the same time okay <laughs> at the same time you know we've, we've got to understand that people who have who do understand that Hey, there's consequences for these things that I don't want to deal with. I want to be more healthy. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to avoid these things. You know, would we not say that they are better off than the person that just indulges in those things all the time? I mean, those people that actually are, those people that do look the way that you have that goal of looking, will we not say that where they're at is better than maybe where we're at? But at the same time, we get deceived by those instant pleasures, don't we? We get deceived by that, the instant gratification of a Dr. Pepper. 
We get to see by the instant gratification of just not exercising and sleeping in or watching television instead. And, and the truth is, we often miss out on good things because we are going after these other good things that we think are good. But in reality, if they have that kind of consequence, is it really a good thing? I mean, is that really a good thing? Is that blizzard I ate yesterday really a good thing? <laughs> it tasted fantastic, folks. But, you know, you know but it, it there's a lot of things that are really bad that, that do have pleasure. I mean, you know, there's a reason that people drink. There's something to it. But we understand there's, there's other side effects. There's a reason that people smoke and, and take nicotine and do all these things and, and eat all There's a reason that people are, that for, they fornicate and things like that. But we all understand that there's things that come with that that are horrible. And so what we've got to understand, though, is we've got to trust God on these things. And when it comes to the spiritual things, we've got to trust God that he knows what's best, that he is going to help me and better. That's what we have to do. We have to trust God. And so when it comes to carnal things, you know what we have to do? You need to trust, you know, your trainer that he knows what he's talking about. You need to trust your doctor that he knows what he's talking about when he's telling, or, you know, or your dietitian. You need to trust. But here, here's, you know why that's hard? You know why we struggle with that? Because all of that takes patience, doesn't it? It all takes patience. You know, it's, it stinks because, you know, we all want to go to the gym and work out and then immediately be ripped. But the truth is, it, it doesn't half work that way, does it? You know, you're just not going to go pump some dumbbells one day and then have biceps the next day. You have to do that for a while. And you know what that takes? Patience. It, it takes patience. You know, pride makes me want big biceps, right? But it's patience that will get me to actually go and do it the amount of time I'm going to have to for the length of time I'm going to have to do it. All of that, it, it, it's, it's going to take time. And so patience is the key. That's what we've got to get. And so we we got to understand patience is better because patience make you makes you stronger while pride just weakens you. Now turn over to James chapter 1. And this is what we've got to understand because the people who are successful, okay? So again, weight loss, that's the thing everybody everybody talks about. So those people who are like very successful in the health world, you know, the guys that are really ripped, you know, they when they go work out, they love talking about the burn, you know. They like to bragging about the pain, you know. They they like the hurt. You know why? Because they understand that's what produces results. And they want to get ripped so bad that they're willing to go and suffer. And they'll go through just all this pain of lifting that weight and their, you know, their, you know, their blood vessels about to pop in their head and they're all red and they're doing all these things. And, you know, and you look at these people and you're just like, you, you, you see two different kinds when you go to gyms. You know, you see the people that are just maniacs and, just screaming in pain, you know, pushing through the weight and all that kind of stuff. That's that gym intimidation that you're not supposed to do that Planet Fitness talks about. But then you have these other people that go to the gym and they're just like walking on the treadmill, not breaking a sweat or anything. And it's like, why are you here? <laughs> have you ever seen those people that just, they don't do anything strenuous. And it's like, you know, you could have done that at home. You could have, I mean, literally with the amount of weight you're using, you could have just found a you know, a skillet from your house and just lifted that, you know, I mean, you know, just you know, anything. You could have stayed in your kitchen and taken care of that. But, but the, said the people, the people that are successful, 
the people that are hardcore, they get the pain, they like the pain because they understand what it accomplishes. And so as Christians, we ought to understand the key to us ending good, us accomplishing things, is patience. Patience is the key. But So let's look at a few passages on this. So in James 1, verse 2, it says, My, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Notice that patience is something that comes that it, it, when it, our faith is tried. Now, here's the thing. Who likes their faith being tried? None of us like our faith being tried, do we? But do you realize that produces patience? And patience is what perfects us. Patience is what makes us better. So the truth is, when our faith is being tried, we should be motivated like the you know hardcore weightlifter is motivated by pain. But hey, this is going to produce something in me. We ought to, you know, we ought to be thankful for 2020 and the challenges that we had in 2020. Cause you know what? For one, we got through it. And you know, hopefully we're all a little more patient now. Hopefully we're all a little stronger spiritually. I don't know about you all, but my faith was tried in 2020. And you know what Bible says that produces? It produces patience. Patience makes us better. We hopefully, and we should all be better Christians today because of all the junk that we had to deal with in 2020. So patience produces something good where pride, it just comes with consequences. That's it. If pride's your motivation for accomplishing your New Year's resolutions, you're in trouble. Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction and in a haughty spirit before a fall. You're going to be that one that gives up. You're going to be that one that flops out and quits. You're going to make a whole lot of noise talking about all the things that you're going to do, but you're going to be real quiet pretty soon when you just give up. You're going to hope everybody forgets what you said because you're not going to accomplish anything. Pride, it gets the Lord working against us instead of working for us. We see in James 4, verse 5, it says, Do you think that the Scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace, wherefore he said, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. And I don't know about you, I want God in my corner. I want God working with me. I want God working for me. I want that grace. And you get that through humility. But when you're proud, God's going to resist you. You've got God working against you. And then if God's working against you, you know what? You're not going to accomplish what you want to accomplish. He's going to win in that situation. And so we've got to understand without him, we can do nothing to begin with. So we might as well do things his way. So patience is a good thing. So tribulation, all these things that come, these things make us better. And if we really want to be better, we will be thankful when our faith is tried because it, we know it will produce something, but it doesn't happen overnight. When your faith is tried, you know, God doesn't always answer your request and reveal everything to you that day. Sometimes it takes a long time. Everything that you're going to need to make you better as a Christian, it's going to come with, it takes patience. That's why we are constantly told to be patient. It doesn't happen overnight. And anything you want to accomplish this year, your New Year's resolution, especially if it's something like weight loss, it doesn't happen overnight. It, it, it's just, it's not reality. It's not the way it is. And so uh, if we're going to get across that finish line, we've got to have that patience. So another reason patience is better is because patience is motivated by knowledge rather than man's approval. Now, this is an important one to get a hold of. Patience is motivated by knowledge 
rather than man's approval. Some people are motivated to do certain things because this is what will give them the approval of man. That's why they, that's why they do it. But there's others who do things based on knowledge. Now, when you do things based on knowledge, it doesn't matter what everybody else thinks. It, 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 you know, I, I know if you decide that you want to go to Chicago and I want to go to Chicago and you head west, you know, and everybody heads west except for me, I don't care. I know Chicago's east. So y'all can go west all you want, but I'm going east. I have knowledge. Now, you might have pride. You might be laughing at me for thinking it's east rather than west. But at the end of the day, you know, yeah, I make people like me better if I did the same thing to them and I messed up with them. But you know what? I know the truth. I know the reality. I'm going east. And many people today, they are not doing things based on knowledge. They're doing things based on the approval of man, and that's not going to work. Now, notice what Paul said in Romans chapter 5, in verse 3. He says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. That sounds weird, glorying in tribulation. But you know what it is? It's kind of like the weightlifter glorying in pain. It's the same thing. They glory in pain because they understand what that pain is going to produce in their body. And so they're excited about it. They're happy about it. And as Christians, we should understand, we should have knowledge that tribulations makes us better. That's, and that should be our goal. And it work, and so tribulations work with patience and patience experience and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us for when you are yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. So when you have assurance you're doing the right thing, you know what it does? It motivates you to keep going. It, it really does. And this is why so many people are giving up when it comes to the Christian life or even when it comes to fundamentalism. You know why a lot of people are giving up on fundamentalism today? is because they have been practicing fundamentalism. They've been practicing their Christianity based on the approval of men rather than knowledge. And when you listen to these people that are leaving fundamentalism, you know what they always tell you? You know what they always say? You know, I just dressed this way because this is, you know, I just wanted to fit in with everybody. I just wanted to please the pastor. I only did this because I was trying to impress this group. They will admit that they were doing all these things, the right things, for the wrong reasons. And so what do they do? Instead of just getting their heart right, you know what they do? They just want to trash all those things that they were doing. But wait a minute, those things were right. You were just doing them for the wrong reason. And we see in the Bible that, uh, you know, our hearts are important when we do things. We should obey from the heart. We should, you know, love God in our hearts. We shouldn't just go through the motions on things. And, and many people, when it comes to their religious life, they're just going through the motions. They don't know why they're doing it. But listen, just because some of these clowns don't know why they dress the way they dress and why they use a King James Bible doesn't mean that everybody doesn't know. And you've got to understand, too, at the end of the day, this is something they don't understand. You know, some things are spiritually discerned. And therefore, I can't necessarily explain it to you, but I'm convinced in my heart. I'm convinced by the Holy Spirit that this is what I need to do. And it's like for them, if you can't find, if you can't show them a verse in the Bible that says, thou shalt use the King James only, you know, then they're not going to follow it. But it's like, 
I'm sorry, you know, I don't care what these people tell me. You know, they're never going to convince me in my heart and in my spirit with what, you know, that I'm wrong on this thing. It's just, it's not going to happen. You know, I mean, I know with the Holy Ghost, how he works and how he speaks when I'm reading my King James Bible. And I know how it grieves me when I read other versions of the Bible. I get angry when I read other versions of the Bible. I feel, and folks, this is, this is just how I feel. I feel like I'm wasting my time when I'm reading other versions of the Bible because I can't trust every word that it says. What's the point of reading a Bible that you can't trust every word of it? Uh, is this is this really what it says? Is this really what it means? Is this what they should have put down? I couldn't read a Bible like that. You know, that's probably why these guys don't use hardly any Bible in their preaching. Yeah, and, and that's probably why they don't follow most of what's in their Bible because, I mean, who cares if it's not even the Word of God? And if it's not even accurate, but you're never going to, you're never going to convince me that it's not. And so, you know, some of us do things based off of knowledge where some are just going with the flow and that will not get you across the finish line. Eventually you will get wore down because here's the thing too. The, when it comes to fundamentalism, when it comes to the old time religion, the old paths, whatever you want to call it, okay, there is a major shift in our world away from that. Did you know our world's not becoming more godly? Did you know that Christianity is not becoming more Christian and more godly? It's not becoming more biblical. It's becoming more and more apostate. Okay? So understand, if you're somebody motivated by the approval of man, it's only a matter of time before you're going to have to go full trendy. Because that's the direction things are going. That's the way everyone's heading. But you know what? Are you going to be a go-with-the-flow guy? Are you going to be a go-with-the-flow American? that just does nothing but eats fast food and junk all the time and gets out of shape? Or are you going to be one of those rare people that's the maniac in the gym, you know, that's going through pain all the time, but you're actually ripped. You're actually, you're actually what everybody really wants to be. You know, is that what you want to be? You can't do what everybody else is doing. And folks, the trendies aren't getting the job done. They're not what I, I want to be. And so we're not going to go, we're not going to go with the flow. And that's a problem. That's why I call them trendies. They're going with the trends. They're going with the flow. They're following along with the world. That's not what we've been called to do. Okay? We're, we're supposed to be going against the flow. We're supposed to be turning the tide on these things. And that's not what's happening. So when you have assurance doing the right thing, that you're doing the right thing, that, that's what motivates you to keep going. You have assurance. So uh, many today, though, they don't understand what they're doing and why they're doing it. And that's why... They've moved to just go along with the trends of the world and why, and then think they're, per, think they're the persecuted ones. That's the thing. These people all become victims. One of the things that, that's real big in that crowd too is the, they, they're always talking about mental health and dealing with all their mental health issues and all the drugs they're taking. And it's just like, you know, I mean, I get it. You know, sometimes people have legitimate issues and things, but it's like, that seems to be really prevalent in your crowd. You know, maybe, Maybe there's something wrong there. I don't know. But look what it says in Romans 14. Because see, when you, when you do things that are based on knowledge, you will actually have some consistency in your life. We see in Romans 14, 20, it says, For meat, destroy not the work of God. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for that man who eateth with offense. It is good neither to eat flesh, nor to drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth, or is offended, or is made weak. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in that which he alloweth. 
And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Many, when you do things that you think might be wrong, even if they're not really wrong, then you're sinning because it's not of faith. And many people today, they're even doing good things that's not in faith. And you know, the Bible says whatsoever is not of faith is sin. If everything you're doing is just to conform to a certain group, then you know what that tells me? That tells me that it's not a faith. It's not based off knowledge. That's why you have preachers sometimes when they're with one group, they preach one way, but then they get tired of that group, they go to another group and they preach a completely different way. Why is that? You know why? Because they're conformists. They're just going along with one group, but then once they get disillusioned with that group, they get bent out of shape with that group, all of a sudden everything changes. You know why? Because it was never a faith with them. It was never a faith. And there's a lot of people preaching King James only. They're preaching standards. They're preaching separation. They're preaching all these things that are right, but it is not being done in faith. And you know what? They're in sin in that situation. You know what they are? They are a hireling because some churches want to hire a King James only pastor. Some churches want to hire an old Paz guy. And so like, well, all right, I guess that's what I'm going to be here. But it's not who they are on the inside. It's not real. And those people always give up. Those people always quit. A lot of guys, they get sent out of these Bible colleges where they're taught old paths, where they're taught fundamentalism, they're taught a lot of things that are right. But once they get out there on their own and they're, they don't have that you know, support group around them telling them to do all these things, that's when they reveal who they really are. And you know what they constantly are revealing? I was a conformist. I ne it never was from the heart. This wasn't who I was. And you know what they do? They flop out. They give up. They quit. They don't get across the finish line. And we've got to understand that that knowledge is what's going to help us. And patience is what helps us get that. You know, you don't learn. You, you know, you don't become a mathematician just from learning your times tables. Don't understand that? It takes some time. It takes some work. It takes some effort. Anything worth doing is going to take some effort. It's going to take patience. You're not going to go jog tomorrow and lose 10 pounds. You're going to have to jog a lot for a long period of time to do that. And that's going to take patience. It's going to, it's, it's, and it does. People get frustrated when, when they do that. They go exercise one time, step in the scale, didn't get the results they wanted. They give up. They quit. Back to McDonald's they go, you know, back, back to their couch. So some people, they are, they're only conforming to Christians without any real transformation, without any renewing of the mind. They can't prove what is that good and acceptable. They can't prove what they believe to others, and they can't even prove it to themselves. And so they quit. And so I, I often get concerned when people come along, and they're just ready to change everything on a dime when it's clear they have no idea why. It's just like, you know, hold your horses, buddy. You know, before you just get on board with everything, you know, do you even have this figured out yet? Do you even understand this yet? And some people are like that too. And people who come into churches, and you know, thank God when people get saved and they're ready to make those changes. But sometimes you have these people, they are just too gung-ho and just too anxious to just change everything. And I always worry about those people because I know they're probably not going to last. And they never do. They, they never do. I like the people that put, put up a little bit of resistance because, and you say, well, why, why do you like that? Because that usually means I have to convince them. And if you convince somebody, 
if they have, then they have knowledge, then they'll actually probably stick with it. But it looks really bad when you're constantly starting things and then get rid of things. You can't be going back and forth, especially if you have kids. That's a horrible way to raise your kids. You just have standards one year, you don't have any the next year, and you're just going back and forth all the time. You need to have some consistency. So, you know, I don't mind a little bit of resistance, all right? If that family, new family comes to the church and they just don't conform to all our ways by next week, you know what? It's not time to reprobate them. It's not time to check to see if they're false prophets or infiltrators or something like that. You know what? You need to have patience too. And they might take some convincing. And you know what? The harder they are to convince, if we convince them, the harder it's going to be that they will change. Because they really know. And too many people, they just jump into these things and they have no idea why. And I'm thankful for their enthusiasm. I'm thankful for their zeal. But they're going to flop out. They're, they're going to quit. And that's why I, I worry about all these people that get saved. And the next week they're on Facebook just declaring everybody a reprobate. Just, I mean, everybody's a sodomite. Just, it's like these people are never going to make it. You know, if you don't go soul winning four hours a week, you're probably not even saved. You know, and just, you know, I read 39 chapters a day. It's like, just hold your horses, buddy. You're, you're not going to make it. You're just trying to impress everybody. You're motivated by pride right now. And, and you're making a big show. You're accomplishing it. You know, you're, you're making a lot of noise, but you will flop out. You won't get across the finish line. And that's just how it is with a lot of these just blowhard braggarts out there. Just running their mouth about how hardcore they, all, they are all the time. It's frustrating because, you know, hey, you know, I, I don't, you know, far be it from me to try to throw a wet blanket on somebody's zeal that's out there. But what I just get aggravated is when they're just trying to discourage others that have actually been doing things. You get these punks out there screaming at pastors that have been pastoring, serving God faithfully longer than they've been alive. And they watched a YouTube video last week and learned a new doctrine, and they're ready to just throw that pastor in hell. And I'm like, you know what? That pastor might be a little bit watered down, but you know what? What he's doing right there, he'll do until he goes to the grave. You, Mr. Punk, who are running your mouth trying to declare that guy unsaved, you will be, you know, shacking up with some, you know, really nasty chick a year from now. Living like the devil. That, that's where you're going to end up. And because that guy there, he's got some patience. You've got pride. That's all, that's all you've got. Pride will not get you across the finish line. People who have truly been transformed. You know, not, not conformists. Romans 12, 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Those who are truly transformed, you know what? They have patience with others because you know what they do? This is, this is what people who've really been transformed in their mind do. When they learn the truth, they remember what it was like to not know the truth. And so you know what they don't do? They don't accuse everybody of being a homo who maybe is a little supportive of homos because they're like, you know what? I was raised that way. I watched all those TV programs. I was raised in the public school. I wasn't taught the truth about these things. And so when other people maybe have a problem at first when they hear some preaching against homos or whatever, those people understand where they're coming from. And you know what they are? They're patient with them. They're gracious with them. Those who, you know, they, who maybe came from a church, it was a little more watered down. It wasn't everything it should have been. Those who actually know what it's like and then later learned the truth and didn't just conform, but were transformed. They understand the hearts of those people. They care about them. They're patient with them. They're not just ready to throw them in hell on the drop of a hat. 
or a misuse of the word repent. They're not ready to do it. Not people who actually have knowledge, not those who've been transformed in their mind. They're actually patient with others. We could talk about this for a long time. We don't have time. But 1 Thessalonians 5.14 says, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. Give people time to get to where they need to be. Patience is the key. They need patience to get to where God wants them to be. So it's not going to happen overnight. Pride is what transforms people overnight just like that to where they're just, you know, the mouth runner railer. But patience, it's what actually transforms people and makes them stay in it for the long haul and actually accomplish something for God. And so patience is better than pride because pride needs immediate fulfillment, but real results barely come, rarely come immediately. Most good things you have to wait for. James 5.10 says, Take my brethren the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. We see, we all know the name of Job, but why was Job noted? Why? Because he suffered greatly. Because he showed patience. Job didn't get all his possessions back overnight. Job didn't get those 10 kids back overnight. But over time, God did give him all those things and God gave him double and Job was happy that he endured. Job was glad that he didn't give up. Job was glad that he didn't curse God and die. These were all good things that happened with Job. And most people said they're going to quit because they don't get immediate results. They're not going to lose all the, they're not going to lose 10 pounds the first time in the gym. They're going to quit. Most people though, they, 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 they're going to quit serving God because it's not immediately sunshine and roses. A lot of people think, man, my life's a wreck right now. I want things to be better. I'm going to go to church and everything better turn around in my life. That's not the way it works. I don't know who, I don't know, you listen to Joel Osteen or something, but the Bible talks an awful lot about tribulation in the life of a Christian. But that tribulation, it, it works patience in our life. And that patience is what makes us better. That patience is what, is what makes us so we will endure. And so as Christians, we should glory in tribulation. You know what? We should have the attitude with 2021, bring it on. 2021, hey, we did 2020, we can do 2021 too. We did 2020 with Trump, we can handle 2021 with Biden. Maybe. And I say maybe it will be Biden. But I know we can handle that with Biden. And isn't that what you do when you lift weights? You know, you go and you bench whatever that, you know, goal weight it is, you know, and I won't mention my record, you know, 300 nons. You know, you have that goal weight. And once you accomplish that, what do you normally do as a weightlifter? I bet I can do 310. Isn't that what you do? And why is it, as Christians, we understand tribulation work with patience, but when we go through something, we're just screaming for easy now after that. No, we should be like, you know what? Bring it on. Because that person that's trying to get strong, a lot of times they're doing it because maybe they're going to enter some kind of event. They're going to enter some kind of competition and they want to make sure that they're ready to compete, fight, whatever it is that they're going to do. Well, you know what? We should be like, bring on the craziness of 2021 because aren't we all expecting the tribulation? So shouldn't we be wanting to prep ourselves for that? Hey, are you going to go and enter a boxing ring and your training is just going to be eating donuts and drinking soda? 
and watching, watching boxing on television? Is that your training you're going to do before you get in the ring to fight somebody? Or are you going to go put yourself through some pain before you enter something like that? Well, we expect to go through the tribulation, yet we all think that God is supposed to give us a life, spiritually speaking, of eating donuts and McDonald's and drinking soda and watching television. And maybe, maybe God's letting us go through some things because he's trying to toughen us up because he knows we need to get ready for it. So, and I don't know about you, when tribulation comes, I want to be one of those that do know their Lord and are strong and do exploits. So I shouldn't scream if the Lord puts us through a rough PE class and puts us through some things that aren't really that fun. We need these things. And we need to be able to be like the Apostle Paul and say, we glory in tribulations. Why do we glory in tribulations? Because patience, it produces patience. And patience is what's going to get us across the finish line. Herein is the patience of the saints. These are they that keep the commandments of God. Those who don't worship the beast, the Bible refers to their patience. That's the the word that is used a lot in in the book of Revelation is patience. And so anything that God puts us through, that increases our patience, we ought to be thankful for it. We ought to say, bring it on. That should be our attitude. So with that, let's close the word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your word. And I pray, dear God, you'll help us to endure these things that you put us through. I pray that you will uh, help us be more patient people. There's no doubt that uh, difficult days are ahead. And I pray you'll help us to uh, strengthen ourselves and help us to uh, have faith and so you can accomplish Great things through us. In your name we pray. Amen.